not only big industries need this kind of security, what our phone knows about us, health data, private photos. If you have kids, and I have a lot of photos of my kids on my phone, I really want to have that data securely on my phone. And now, your podcast hosts, Andre and Christian. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Connecting for Future. I'm your host, Christian, and joining me, as always, is Andre Berusia. Andre, how's it going? Hey, Christian, I'm doing great, thanks. I had a great start into 2024, and I hope you had too. I'm excited for today's episode, and we have a special guest with us, Daniel Stanic, Business Development and Operational Excellence at Samsung. Welcome, Daniel. Hello, Christian. Hello, Andre. Thank you for having me. Today's topic is a game changer. We are diving deep into the world of business and mobile devices. But before we jump into that, let's address the elephant in the room, the global challenges we are facing. Absolutely correct, Christian. We believe that technology holds the key to overcoming at least some of these challenges. Innovation and fun often go hand in hand. Daniel, how can companies make the use of mobile devices more innovative and enjoyable? Yeah, so more enjoyable uh, in case of it should be more productive, it should be more fun to use all these devices. We need a deep integration into our everyday tasks. And in a combination with all of that, uh, I'm pretty sure that we can achieve yeah, all these stuff that we want to achieve. <laughs> Daniel, as digital native, you are working since over 16 years now, mainly for mobile devices like tablets or smartphones. Which are your best tips to work smart? Do you have special apps which you can recommend? Yeah, so I'm, as you mentioned, uh, I'm working almost mobile only. I'm always trying to avoid any PCs or, or uh, stationary uh, computers and uh, because I'm always on the go. So it doesn't matter if I'm traveling by car, by train or by plane, or if I'm now in our main office or in my home office or at the partner or at the customer. So I always need continuously um, access to my data. And this is really important that nevertheless, where I am, I have to get the access to my uh, workspaces. And I'm a big fan of the Microsoft 365 solutions. And in combination with a really good 5G network connection of Vodafone, I'm using um, all the uh, bandwidth from, from Vodafone. And so this is my main goal to be productive on the go. And on the other hand, from, from the hardware side, of course, I'm using all the Samsung stuff that we have. And uh, my current workhorse is my Samsung Galaxy Z Fold 5, a pretty good or pretty nice device. Uh, I can recommend it uh, really well. Why I'm recommending it? Because on the one hand, it's a normal smartphone. You can use it with one hand. And if you need more space, so if you want to take notes or if you want to take a deeper um, view into your PowerPoints or Excels or something else, then you can just unfold it and uh, you will get uh, the bigger screen. And at least why I'm able to work mobile only is that I am able to use my smartphone like a PC. So I can connect it with an external display. I can attach uh, keyboards and mouse. So, we, so then the Android platform, which is uh, mainly built for uh, touch inputs, 
are now uh, able for for uh, all the uh, desktop related uh, inputs so with keyboards and mouse and uh, with that i have always the office in my pocket and i'm able to achieve everything that i need for my everyday use daniel ju just a question on that because i know that a lot of companies uh, have told this story to use your smartphone as like a laptop but i haven't, haven't really seen that great tra transition in in, in in the workspace so so You're the first one that really tells me you're using it. Do you really believe that this is a trend that will evolve? Definitely, definitely. You have to rethink your work because the main point is that all the customers are always thinking, okay, I need my notebook, I need my Outlook, I need my PowerPoint on my notebook and I have to carry it with me. Nevertheless, all the notebooks, our NPCs, our Galaxy books that we have are also really powerful and everything and you can easily take it with you. But if you really want to work with mobile only, you have to rethink your everyday work. So you need to know or you need to achieve that point that you know, okay, I just have only my phone, I have my charger <laughs> and I have my, my Bluetooth mouse and keyboard and I can uh, access every display that I'm uh, finding on my way. Best example is I'm going in a, in a hotel room and there's always a display attached on the wall and if I'm not able to uh, get my, my display on this display wirelessly, I can always attach a HDMI cable with an USB-C adapter and then I can use this uh, screen even if it's a really old one or with no mirror cast support or something else. So this is what you need to rethink and then you and, and also you you don't have you don't you have the fear that you don't can uh, work with your mobile phone only then you need to have maybe a windows client remotely accessible so if you have any i don't know uh, any any applications or if you're working on a say ad development or something else and this is something that is only on windows for example then you have to use a, a remote desktop but i'm pretty sure that more than 90 percent of the people outside they could work everything on a android system because every application is on that so if it's microsoft teams office or, or sap or something else everything is available on android yeah i mean if i look at myself i still have a laptop computer uh, i have an and I have a smartphone, right? So you're saying you only need one device. Exactly. And exactly. is that, I mean, we are pretty early into 2024. Will that be still the smartphone in the future or will that be maybe a glass or something else? What do you think? Yeah, it could be. It could be because uh, the wearables are also evolving. So with my Galaxy Watch, I'm also able to do some tasks uh, without my phone. So taking calls, chatting with my messengers only with with my with my Galaxy Watch and so on. So I don't need to take my even my phone even always with me. And I'm pretty sure that we will uh, transform that kind of smartphone into uh, other things that we can wear. Maybe glasses, maybe a jacket, maybe I don't know. There, there are a lot of a lots of possibilities. But I think we will don't have the one device for for everything. We will have several devices with uh, different approaches. 5G connectivity, foldable and flexible displays and devices are already here. How do you see the importance of health and wellness features? Oh, it's uh, really important. Um, so asking from my own perspective or from my own uh, problems from last year, 2023, yeah, I had a lot of problems with my back and 
it was a result a result of uh, too many uh, uh, or a long time uh, sitting in front of uh, computers or a uh, long time sitting in, in trains and cars and, and, and planes. But then I started to rethink <laughs> my, my everyday work in case of, of, uh, of uh, Samsung Health. So I was using Samsung Health as an application. In combination with my watch, it's always uh, getting a notification for me. Uh, so for example, hey, um, you're sitting too long, please stand up and, and move. On the other hand, um, it's also a really good uh, helping tool to see your health status. So, for example, your heartbeat or um, the oxygen in your blood and so on. So, this is really, really nice. And I'm also talking in several weeks uh, about this point on our partner conference in front of our uh, partners, how Samsung Health in combination with our Galaxy watches and so on um, can help to get a better work-life balance because we have also some uh, training uh, videos uh, inside the application, little tools uh, how, um, or, or how you can move, uh, how you can stay fit in your everyday work. And this is not only important, it's, I think it's really important because uh, without health, we don't uh, have, uh, we can't be productive, yeah. Daniel, you were talking a lot about data, right? As you just mentioned, the watch is, is generating a lot of data, like blood pressure, oxygen levels. It even tells you how long you washed your hands and, and a lot of other data. Don't you think that it kind of overwhelms the users if, if kind of amount of data increases in that uh, respect? Maybe, maybe, but uh, you can also choose what kind of data you want to see in your Samsung Health application. So it's a really nice dashboard and you can arrange it like uh, you like it. I guess the, the one of the most uh, um, good feature is that all these functionalities are working in the background and I can choose to uh, look after the data or if not, just working uh, in in the in the background and uh, what is also really really cool and the most uh, useful function in in my opinion is i, I just I, I was so shocked uh, and i just uh, take the photo of that of my watch it's it was saying my watch to me uh, hey uh, daniel your stress level is too high uh, consider to take a break and um, to walk a little bit this was really cool because i didn't have the feeling that i was stressed because i was i was just working and phone calls and emails and yeah so the, the usual work but my uh, health level was that stressed that my watch is saying hey take a look after yourself that, that's an interesting thought don't you think that you would need some kind of an internal sensor to tell you exactly that instead of your watch oh i'm pretty sure that a lot of people have that internal sensor and they don't need this kind of feature but i'm also pretty sure that a lot of people are out, the, out there like mine who are not able to um listen to their own body and um, this was also the i guess the main problem why i got all the problems the back pain and so on last year and then this was a good sensor uh, because the pain was so high that i was saying to me okay i have to do something in this case but then starting using samsung health with all the uh, tools uh, it helped me to get again in shape and also in in a, a good health status so that i'm now pain free and this is uh, the most important Yeah, that's pretty cool, especially looking into devices. In the past, there was always how long could the battery last, for instance. Nowadays, mm -hmm. it's like foldable, flexible devices. How do you see the role as of AI coming more into smartphones? 
like getting greater picture and user experience. What are your thoughts on those ones? Yeah, definitely. So um, AI is, I would say, the most important topic in 2024. It's already started in 2023. And um, actually, Daniel, still you think, right? Because I heard people end of 2023 tell me, hey, come on, Andre, everybody's talking about AI. I can't stand the discussion. And now you're, you're <laughs> saying it's, it's going on, right? Yeah, definitely. Because there will come, I'm pretty sure that there will come a lot I would say um, we will see in the next couple of days uh, or maybe weeks that the kind of AI we know from 2023 will transform in 2024 massively because one of the biggest point is or the biggest fear or the biggest problem maybe, if you are working with an AI tool, it's always server-based. Yeah, So you putting your data into an AI tool and it's working with a big server farm in the background and then you will get your results back. And maybe AI will be available offline and maybe we can do several things uh, without a big server farm in the, in the back end. And this will transform the AI usage this year and I'm pretty sure that it will be. So Daniel, it sounds like there's an announcement coming up in the next couple of days. So we're really looking forward to that. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Uh, no, what I can say is uh, it will definitely be different from last year. Daniel, let, let's talk about operating systems. Uh, what do you think? How is Android uh, transforming the way business do their work? Yeah, so uh, the integration of uh, Android uh, in business is transforming a lot of the of the um, business we are doing every day. So if you are thinking about logistics, for example, yeah, or inventory, you have a small little device and it's not only able to take phone calls and receive messages, uh, you can really do business tasks with your uh, Android smartphone and you, you can just uh, scan your whole inventory You can use it for engagement with your customers if you're knocking at the door and you're giving uh, over the, the package and they can uh, do the signage on the device. Also for point of sales, I'm seeing it really a lot and um, we will also have some nice use cases. Uh, also this year we got last ones. Uh, we saw it last year with a, a retailer from uh, in the cosmetics area uh, called Douglas. We announced a really cool use case where all the employees of Douglas are working in the store. And if a customer walks in and has some questions about uh, the products, the staff can give instantly uh, feedback and answering the questions. And also um, the whole sales process is done not at the cashier so you don't have to take your uh, stuff and go to the cashier you can do it instantly in the middle of the of the of the store because the staff can directly get the purchase on their android smartphone so this is a really cool feature and i'm pretty sure that we will also do something in that case also this year And Daniel, this makes me think about security. It's always a concern, especially in the business world. How does Android address these security challenges? Yeah, so especially Samsung is doing a lot in this case. So um, we have a really, really big partnership with Google. We are working continuously on uh, hardening the Android platform. And if you be uh, think about the device you're using, Samsung is building everything from the chip 
everything up to every level uh, until to the software. This is what takes us in charge of the uh, most secure endpoint um, on the market. I would say it's the most mobile secure endpoint on the market. It's also clarified by different independent uh, stuffs like uh, IDC and so on uh, when they are telling, yeah, uh, Samsung Knox is really secure. Because we have some several nice uh, features in our phones, like an AI tool uh, uh, since uh, some years already in our phones. So if the phone is getting attacked by uh, by a uh, hacker or something else, the device is able to uh, throw away the business data on the phone. Yeah. So we are just uh, del- we are not deleting the data; we are just destroying it. So even if somebody is trying to uh, get to the ch- uh, chip and uh, to read out the data from this chip, you, the attacker doesn't can use it because uh, we already destroyed the data on this chip. And this is what makes us so secure. And last but not least, um, not only militaries or not only big industries need this kind of security. If we, if everybody of us are thinking about what our phone knows about us, for example, health data, private photos. So if you have kids, and I have a lot of uh, photos of my kids on my phone, I really want to have that data securely on my phone. And also all the biometrics, for example. Yeah, If you're scanning your face, your fingerprints, and, and uh, you're doing your bank transactions, so money transactions, um, I'm starting, I'm opening and starting my car with my phone, and I'm managing the whole security system of my uh, house with my phone. So this kind of hardware that I'm wearing every day with me needs to be the most secure endpoint that I have to use or I want to use. So this is also why, even though I'm, I'm a Samsung employee, but uh, even if I'm not working at Samsung, would be Samsung my choice because I have the, the biggest trust in, in this platform. Yes, exactly, Daniel. But but I think we all agree that cybersecurity will also remain a big trend in 2024, just Definitely. like AI. Right. Definitely. Daniel, one question around Samsung. It is uh, headquartered in, in Seoul, South Korea. And I'm thinking about what are the differences in tech adoption if you compare South Koreans to European people? So, I mean, from, from the culture base? Yeah, I, I have the feeling that that in Asian countries, tech adoption is faster than in some of the European countries. Yeah, maybe, maybe. So what I can say, I really love the Asian culture overall. <laughs> so, and I'm I'm also yeah. So my origins are from Croatia, but I I'm born and raised up uh, in Germany and working for global companies uh, the, the last 15 years. And uh, I re- really have a lot of uh, connections with yeah, different cultures, different nations, and so on. And I really love the, the Asian food and the Asian culture. Um, but if I can compare or if, if the adaption of the culture is better done by the Asians, I would say maybe, yeah, because we from Europe are maybe... Yeah, a little bit too. Hmm, it's hard to explain in the right words. If if you are comparing the the, the Asian cultures uh, um, only, we always say that the Koreans are like Italians from Asia. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they have really good food, and and they are really um, like the Italians. Uh, they, they like to discuss and and so on. So these are really good com- comparable 
culture, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, Samsung is also one of the companies who is doing actually everything. Right? So it's not just yes. mobile phones, it's televisions, fridges. But how do you guys get together from a mindset? Do you also have the chance to go on a global kickoff where you also do some best practice sharing or is it split really into all those pieces? It was really split it the last years, uh, but several years we are working on to breaking uh, that silos and uh, to get everything together. So this is why we have the uh, campaign uh, One Samsung, and this is really important because also from um, the, the yeah from from the uh, point of view from so uh, we have the uh, One Samsung campaign, and it is really important because uh, if you're looking at the economy and uh, how you can transform or how you can use digital transformation for uh, a better economy, maybe we are one of the. Uh, OEMs on the market who are able to connect everything. Yeah. So if you're looking at a house and you have some uh, fridges, you have some dishwashers, you have the TV, you have all the ACs in your rooms and so on, and you have the PV on your, on your uh, roof of your house and you are getting all the electricity from, from the sun, it is smart that the house is able to decide, okay, I have, the, the sun is shining, I have a lot of electricity, so let's get everything uh, from the power into my devices in my home. But if it's maybe a rainy day or I have snow on my PV, okay, let's do everything in echo mode. So the dishwasher knows instantly, okay, I have to work in the echo mode or also the washing machine or the TV and so on. And this is the next step where we are and... We showed it last year also already on the IFA in Berlin that we are working on this uh, one Samsung uh, solution. And the best thing in this case is, and this is also what I really like on Samsung, we are open-minded. So uh, we are the biggest IoT platform on the market because we can attach every other vendor on the market and everything is working together. So if you're yeah, working, yeah. talking about security cameras or uh, any sensors uh, in your house, Everything is working together with um, Samsung Smart Things. Yeah, I mean, if we talk about smart buildings, there's a long way to go, I think. If, because if I think yep. about myself, I, I do have a lot of apps, one app for each feature, and they don't really speak with another. And there are so many different standards. So I do think that it's the right way to go, but it still needs some time to really have an ecosystem that is working and helps the consumers be, be um, have an easy customer ex experience. Definitely, definitely. So, um, for example, if you're um, going outside or you're going on a, on a vacation, uh, coming back and you forgot to um, set up the heating <laughs> for the kids' room uh, before you uh, um, entered the house, then it's, yeah, uh, not, not efficient because you have to wait until the house is warming up. Um, and if the house is already no, okay, um, They are arriving at this and this time, and uh, I have to heat up the the, um, the kids' rooms, for example, or uh, the bathroom. This is where we can save a lot of energy and a lot of uh, money and, and at the end of the day. Right, and this is also important for the future, right? As we build Connecting for Future, how you can monitor like the power you just described and just be a little bit more sensitive as the house doesn't need to be warmed up the entire day, right? So you can monitor and you can control everything with smart apps. Do you guys also have a one mindset within Samsung as you spoke about this one Samsung? 
Yes, definitely, definitely. We have our uh, insights or our internal meetings. Um, so w why I'm laughing because it was several weeks ago. Uh, it's really fresh, and uh, so every unit is coming together, um, and we are exchanging our uh, knowledge, uh, showing the la the latest uh, innovations, the latest uh, uh, um, uh, numbers that we are making, and uh, so that we have a better understanding inside of Samsung what is this unit doing what is this unit doing and it's really helpful yeah. <laughs> building this user experience also internally i think it helps right also to rethink about like how other departments how other verticals are working and just to see it brings you forward so yeah, it's a really it's good all, idea it's all about ecosystems and bringing things together and having a holistic view that's what i think so let's spice things up a bit with a quick fire round quick fire round ready Yes. <laughs> Question number one. If mobile devices were superheroes, which one would they be? <laughs> hmm. I have a lot of ones uh, that I like, but uh, to get a quick answer, uh, Deadpool or Batman? <laughs> All right. Question two. What's the most underrated feature of mobile devices in a business, in a business setting? Sorry about that. I would say Samsung DeX, so our desktop experience, so that you can really use your phone as a PC and attach larger screens and uh, input methods like keyboards and mouses. Last one, flip or fold? Definitely fold, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Exciting times ahead. And finally, one, one more question uh, that we ask everybody in our podcast, and uh, we have had some great advices here. So... Uh, I'm happy to add just another one of you. If you had to give one piece of advice to future leaders, what would that be? Yeah, I would like to give some advice to older leaders because we are always working on with that guys uh, and have <laughs> the problems to give the new thinking to these guys. Um, but yeah, my advice for, for young leaders would be listen actively, learn continuously because every day is something new and leading with empathy. I guess this is uh, the most important thing. Um, embracing challenges with uh, or as opportunities for growth and foster collaborative environment to bring out the best in your team. Because at the end of the day, you need you cannot save the world by your own. You have to have a good team um, where you can achieve this. Wise words, Daniel. Thank you so much for joining us today and shedding light on the incredible potential of mobile devices in the business world. Thank you for having me. And that's a wrap for the episode of Connecting for Future. Thanks to our listeners for tuning in. Remember, the future is bright and technology is our ally in overcoming challenges. Stay tuned what is coming from Samsung. All the best, your podcast hosts, Andre and Christian. 